Thanks for spending time with us all on The Green this week. I'm Tom Byrne. About 70,000 fans will watch this year's Super Bowl, pitting the San Francisco 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs in person at Agilent Stadium in Las Vegas. The rest of us, roughly 100 million people, will watch the CBS broadcast or stream it, and that means Super Bowl commercials. For the second straight year, the average cost of a 30-second ad spot during the big game is $7 million, a price tag that guarantees an opportunity to reach by far the largest U.S. television audience of the year. In this edition of Enlighten Me, Delaware Public Media's Kyle McKinnon is joined by Steve Marino, owner and chief creative officer of the Wilmington-based ad agency Aloysius Butler & Clark, to learn more about Super Bowl commercials and what to expect this year. All right, Steve, the NFL is king in every sense of the word. The league's ratings routinely set records and and absolutely blow everything on television out of the water. I can't really uh, uh, stress that enough that regardless if it's the Super Bowl or not, the NFL is king. No sport outside of really soccer viewership overseas remotely comes close to the NFL's numbers. And so I, I think that's just a good starting place. Can you give us kind of like a brief overview a bit for us why exactly the NFL is this ratings king, this titan of television and why it's it's really been that way for for decades. Do people do people just love their football, Steve, or is there is there something more to it? Uh, it's a little bit more to it. I, I mean, football from an American standpoint, that's going to be our number one sport. But when it comes to marketing and advertising, we have become so bifurcated in terms of the way that we consume media that live sports are really the only way that advertisers and marketers can reach a large group of people all at once. You know, it used to be that primetime TV, network TV shows, they would also give you those same numbers. That's gone. And so live sports are really the dominant way for marketers and advertisers to reach a whole bunch of people all at one time. So when it comes to the Super Bowl, Steve, we know, uh, you know, the big game reaches, you know, more than 100 million people every year. And this year could potentially set some sort of records because a certain someone uh, will be at the game. Uh, I'll get to her in a bit, but um, not Taylor Swift, but uh, but the stakes are obviously sky high for advertisers to get it right. So what makes a Super Bowl commercial, what makes a good Super Bowl commercial a good Super Bowl commercial? What kind of criteria or objectives need to be met in your view? Yeah, it's really about being able to cut through. And it's about being able to hold a moment. I mean, the opportunity for Super Bowl advertisers is that there's all this spectacle and there's all this attention. But the problem is that there's all this spectacle and there's all these things going on. You have a large group of people in a room. People are eating food. They're talking. The, The challenge is to how do you get everybody to stop what they're doing and in 30 seconds love you, understand what you're talking about, and hold that moment and hold people's attention for for 30 seconds. It's really, really hard to do. Uh, And so that's why you have advertisers, they bring out all the big guns. They bring out celebrities and puppies and talking puppies and babies and talking babies, riding puppies. They're trying to do every single thing that they possibly can just for you to be quiet for 30 seconds and watch what they have to say. It's very, very tough to do. It's very, and and it's really tough to do well. Uh, and that's why so many, you know, that's why there are so few spots where people go, oh, I remember not only what that commercial was about, but who advertised it. That's that, that's that's if you can do that, you can win the day. Mm. Well, it's, it seems like anecdotally, it seems like humor always seems to to sell uh, when it comes to these commercials. The funny ones always, you know, are up there as far as the ones that do best. At least it seems that way anecdotally. But um, outside of like humor or not, do we have a, an idea or a sense at this point of what? 
of what sells with a Super Bowl audience. Yeah, and and you're right. It, it's a it's a fun time. You know what I mean? And you kind of want to have your spot feel like it, it's representative of the mood. You know, and people are having a good time and you're watching all these things and there's cheerleaders and there's, you know, fireworks and stuff like that. And so it naturally lends itself to humor. We're all having a good time. Let's laugh. But at the same time, you've seen some really, really effective spots where it's been very sentimental or it's been very quiet or it's very been very uh, poignant. You know, if you'll recall the Budweiser Clydesdales, they make you feel great. But after 9-11, they walked and they bowed to the to the um, to New York City. So you can have an effective spot that cuts through and is solemn. Uh, it's just harder to do. It's harder to, you know, feel like it, it feels like natural with the moment of what's happening. And then there's also there's I'm sure there's an endless amount of, you know, audience statistics and these analytics to sift through when it comes to deciding on the commercial and its theme and its messaging. Right. There's a lot that goes into creating a given commercial. Yeah. And, you know, what's funny is effective commercials back in the day it used to be you know, what owned the moment or what like became part of the zeitgeist where you suddenly had people saying like, what's up? You know, like they never said that before. Like you can own that. Nowadays, what is the most effective is a, is a smart plan. You know what I mean? Where you go into this and you say, okay, we're going to, we're only going to advertise for 30 seconds, but how do we do a build up for that? How do we tease that? How do we do a promotion that leads itself into the game? How do we do a post-game follow-up where there's a winner of something that we talk about in the game? And so really a, an effective Super Bowl, it's not even a Super Bowl spot anymore. What's an effective uh, Super Bowl marketing campaign around just those 30 seconds? That's actually now what's more successful. Well, in terms of who those the, these ads reach, commercials and advertisements, historic, you know, they're audience specific. The Super Bowl can change that equation a little bit, right? So who you know, who are these intended audiences? Does that obviously broaden for these brands and, you know, companies trying to sell whatever it is? Or yeah, what does that look like? The Super Bowl, if you look at like sort of who's advertising, they, they fall into a couple of different camps. One, you have like your massive, uh, they spend, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising and the Super Bowl is just something they do. Your Cokes, your Pepsis, you know, your beer ads, your car manufacturers and things like that. That's a third of them. Another third of them is people that have never advertised in the Super Bowl before. And what they want to do is to announce to the American public, we're a big boy brand, right? That we are, we're up there, we're Super Bowl worthy. Uh, and so they either have something really, really important to say, and they want to use this opportunity to announce something new, or they're just going out there and they're saying, hey, we're new, we're here, we're on the scene. And this happens every single year. And it falls in categories like crypto. You know, a couple of years ago was like, hey, we're here, crypto's a thing. Electric vehicles. That was a year where it was dominated, right? And so you're going to see those things that happen where they're announcing this industry is ready for prime time. This brand is ready for prime time. You're going to see it this year. Tons and tons of online gambling, tons and tons of online gambling. It's just a thing right. now. Yeah. Well, so there's a lot that a good Super Bowl commercial can accomplish for both a brand and a company. But what, why do some of those ads and, and commercials and why do the, why do they end up missing the mark then? What are, what are they, what are they not hitting on? Who are they not reaching? So for me, it's, is what you say Super Bowl worthy, right? And so when you're watching these Super Bowl ads, it's not like you're watching ordinary TV. You're watching Super Bowl ads. There is an expectation on the consumer that one, it's got to be new. This don't run something I've ever seen before. Give me something new. Give me something different. Introduce something, announce something, say something. It's got to, it's got to live up to the moment. 
And the spot itself needs to live up to the moment. If you watch it and you go, that feels like something I would watch during daytime TV, it's not Super Bowl worthy. It, it's an ineffective use of the money. It's got to live up to the hype. It's got to live up to the moment. And it's got to own that moment or otherwise it just falls flat. And there are all these commercials that just you know feel ho-hum and, and they're, they really are a waste of money if you're not going to seize the opportunity. Which is amazing that they end up being ho-hum because of how many people actually have to sign off on uh, these becoming a reality. But, you know, again, that's a good segue into this. Unfortunately, for all these, you know, big companies, these big brands, none of this is free. Uh, The price tag for Super Bowl commercial spots is, you know, it's always been historically staggering. But, you know, CBS this year is reportedly offering a 30-second spot worth uh, about $7 So why are these ads so expensive is is just because we're getting, you know, more than a hundred million people, you know, eyeballs on the screen. And was that why, or it it, it is twofold, you know, it it is the fact that you're able to talk to literally all of America all at once. And so that is an opportunity that does not exist in the country at any other time. It's the only day. It's the only program where pretty much all of America still just tunes in at the same time. And so there's a price for that. There's a price to make that announcement. So it's not just, it doesn't tie up to like regular TV viewership where you have a ratings number and well, that's the corollary. The Super Bowl costs more. And because you're talking to all those people, but you're also, you, what you're saying for your brand is that we're national worthy. And there's a cost for that as well to say that we're no longer a regional brand. We're no longer a mid-tier player. We're a Super Bowl marketing brand. You have to pay for that. You have to pay for that um, that privilege, basically. And that's why there's only a certain amount of spots. You got to get in early because they sell out. And that becomes a bidding war to say, you know, what brands are want to step up to the plate and tell America that we've arrived. One of my last questions here, Steve, is how, and I did mention this, I, 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 I'd come back to it. How does Taylor Swift and her Super Bowl presence actually factor into this? Because there is, we actually here with on the green, we just did a, a segment on Swiftonomics and you know all of that. But like, you know, how how do you think that actually factors into this, uh, you know, twenty twenty four Super Bowl? It, it does in that the NFL smartly is always trying to find ways to broaden their appeal. It's very easy for sports to say this is our audience it's a you know it's a male between the ages of this and that you know they you know they're parochial in terms of who they're following when there's an opportunity like doing a game in europe to appealing to europe doing a game uh, broadcasting the game in nickelodeon so we get younger people to watch football uh you know simulcast in, Sp- in, in spanish so we can get the hispanic market when there's an opportunity like a taylor swift who falls out of the typical demographic to say this person literally the most famous person in america right uh, in the world right now is going to be there i don't have to be a fan of football to say oh well i'll get to see that most famous person ever and what they're doing so i don't think its viewership is going to suddenly double but you will have a an interest from a demographic that they to- don't typically get interest from and that's good for the nfl it's really good for the nfl and honestly it's good for taylor swift because she's also reaching an audience that she doesn't necessarily reach you although we're not talking to us because you know i have a taylor swift <laughs> tattoo i'm swifty all day uh, two Swifties <laughs> on a call. Um, let's say then it's 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 Monday. That might be too soon of a day, actually. But you know, post mortem, how do we measure the effectiveness of you know we're a company looking at our ad during the Super Bowl? How do we measure how effective it was and how you know if we hit it on the head or not? So a couple of easy ways. One, there is a you know there's a couple of different ad tracker meters where people literally rate what are my favorite ads, and the next day you'll be able to see these are the ones that are rated the highest. But the ones that really win. Are the ones that a week later, some of the vernacular has been a part, uh, been adopted. 
it becomes like a phrase that you say, you know, around the water cooler, if you're in the office, again, if you can own the zeitgeist, you know, be a what's up guy, or if you can create a, a commercial that people like so much that it becomes a campaign, you know, it's like, it becomes serialized, serialized of like, oh, we're going to do this again. And again, we're going to get, you know, our 30 month buy has now turned into a six month, 12 month, 18 month marketing opportunity for our brand. Yeah. You just did a great job as a marketer. Thanks to the owner and chief creative officer of the Wilmington-based ad agency, Aloysius Butler & Clark, Steve Marino, for enlightening us this week.